Today's reading is the second letter of John, all of it. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Carol. Uh, Good morning, everyone. If we haven't met, my name is Jesse, and like Pete said before, uh, Joel's away for the next few weeks. Pete's also said a number of times that we're doing certain things because Joel's not here. We're not looking at false teachers. I just want to say this specifically. I didn't choose the passage. We're not looking at false teachers because Joel's not here. Uh, He's away for a few weeks. We're going to look at um, the letter of 2 John this week, and then the letter of 3 John in a couple of weeks' time. So... Uh, Let's pray. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for your word, and I ask that as we come before it this morning, we would learn from it and uh, grow as a result of reading it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I heard a quote about a month ago. This is the quote. It's a good quote. Uh, We shall soon be in a world in which a man may be held down for saying that two and two make four, in which furious party cries will be raised against anybody who says that cows have horns, in which people will persecute the heresy of calling a triangle a three-sided figure, and hang a man for maddening a mob with the news that grass is green. Uh, G.K. Chesterton, the Christian theologian, amazingly wrote those words in 1926, almost 100 years ago where he foresaw the fact that the world was heading very steadily into a time where truth itself would become flexible. A world where you could not say the grass is green without people disagreeing with your idea of truth. I think that for many of us, that world has very much arrived. Truth is almost seen as a dirty word nowadays. We live in a world where truth is very flexible, You can have your truth and I can have my truth. 
Uh, We're taught by Oprah that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool that we have, whatever your truth might be. In fact, many in the world now would see those who speak of ultimate truth as arrogant. If you were to go and say that that is without without doubt true, you would be slammed. You can't say that. That's not my truth. Which means that for us as Christians, we can be seen as the height of arrogance. We who go around saying that Jesus is the truth, Christianity, trusting in the death of Jesus is the only way that you can get to heaven. How dare you? How dare you tell me what is true and what is not? That's not true for me. Uh, Well, this morning we're looking at the letter of 2 John. It's a book that I'm sure you realised, even as Carol was reading it, has a huge amount in just its 13 verses on the issue of truth. Uh, We're going to look at the whole letter this morning, and we're going to look particularly at a couple of issues that John raises through it. Before we get into any sort of specifics, though, if you're anything like me, I had no idea what 2 John was about before I started looking at the sermon. And so we're just going to get an overview of how the letter works before we kind of get into specifics. Firstly, 2 John is a letter. It's a letter probably written by the Apostle John. You'll see that it doesn't have the name John anywhere in it, but it's probably written by him, the same John who wrote the Gospel of John. And it's a very Christian letter. Uh, It's a letter written by a Christian man to Christians. And right at the beginning of the letter, we can see what it's going to be about. Verse 3, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. This letter is about truth. And it's written to, uh, look at verse 1, the chosen lady and her children. Now we need to think about this for a minute. It may well be one particular woman that John is writing to, but what people think who are much smarter than I, it's more commonly thought that it's written to a church. The chosen lady of verse 1 is a church that John is writing to. Probably a church that John was personally connected to. We see John calling the sister chosen. We see talks of her chosen sister, her children, all in ways that I think make it at least a very real possibility. This is a church John is writing to, not just one person. And the children at that point would be the congregation, are the same as you or I here at St. Stephen's. And it should make us read this letter differently. Uh, We should read this book as a church, as brothers and sisters here in Shirley who want to learn and who want to grow as a church family. So it's written to a church. Moving on, as I said, the letter is largely about truth. Look at the first few verses. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, that is, other Christians, because of the truth, dot, 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 will be with us in truth and love. It's all about truth. John's very clear. I believe that Christ died and was resurrected. I am a forgiven sinner, and I am writing to you both about that truth and in light of what that truth means for our lives as Christians. And moving on, uh, he's very happy, verse 4, to hear that some from the church he's writing to trust that same truth. 
However, it is only some. It's not all. John knows that there is still work to be done. Uh, Well, he talks about truth and truth and truth and truth, and he moves straight into love. Verse 5, love one another. The question then is why? Uh, Why does John move from the issue of truth to the issue of love? It's because John's entire point here is that this church, wherever it may have been, cannot love one another if they do not continue in the truth. Verse 9, continue in the teaching of Christ. If they do not remind themselves of the commands left to them and assure themselves of Christ's love for them, then they cannot love one another as they should be loving one another. He is encouraging them to love based on the truth that they believe, on the commands and teachings that they know as a church of Christ. Because there's obviously an issue in this church. Uh, That sort of first half of the letter, it's all about love. And it seems to be there because there are those in the church who are seeking to teach a false truth. If you look at the second half of the letter, beginning verse 7, many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. John is saying, be wary of these people. Uh, They are people who do not acknowledge Christ, who have strayed from the truth that is so important and will therefore drag you away with them. Be aware. Be on your guard against these people. And certainly, do not be having them come and teach in your house, that is, your church. John's saying that as soon as the church invites or endorses or encourages those that knowingly teach false truths, it will very quickly crumble. They will find themselves slipping, in the words of verse 11, sharing in their wicked work. And we don't see any stronger words in the letter than the words in verse 7. Any such person is a deceiver and the antichrist. They are strong words. In that, these false teachers are literally anti-Christ. These are people who are intentionally preaching against God's given word. The church needs to be wary of this, and they need to instead, verse 9, continue on in the teaching of Christ. In other words, know the truth. Uh, Then they will be able to continue to walk in love, as John has instructed them to do. Uh, Well, from there, John just finishes the letter. He knows it's better to talk in person than by letter. He also seems to not want to waste any ink. Uh, He sees the importance of fellowship. And so he writes of his hope to see the church in person moving forward. And that's to John. Uh, You've got, I hope you see how it fits together. You've got John saying truth is important at the beginning. This is truth. This is truth. It is by knowing that truth that you will know how to love And you need to protect that truth from those who would seek to teach it falsely. That's to John. However, it's written to a specific church. We often say this at St. Stephen's, don't we? It was written at a specific time to specific people. So what can we as Christians take from it? We can take tons from it. Uh, We too live in a world that struggles hugely with the idea of truth. 
a world where the Christian definition of love is very different to the world's definition of love. A world where it seems everywhere we turn, we see those who might seek to tear down what we believe, teach us obvious wrong truths. There's lots in it, but we're just going to look at two things this morning. Uh, Love truthfully and listen truthfully. Those two things. Love truthfully and listen truthfully. Firstly, as a result of 2 John, we need to love truthfully. Uh, I'm always striving to be a good husband to Miriam, and so I looked up on the internet how to love someone. That was what I looked up. Uh, And tons of articles came up telling me how I should love said someone. The first one I opened, the very first one I opened, was a 15-step tutorial on how to love. The first step was consider whether the person is worth your love. And the last step was to love yourself. I've got to be honest, I don't really know what happened in the middle of those two steps, but I'm sure it was good. Uh, I kept looking, and amongst all the quotes and tutorials, by far probably the most common answer was listen, which I think is a good piece of advice, to listen. Uh, But I also think that we would agree that as we look around this world, love is shouted everywhere. Uh, Love is love. Love wins. Love yourself. You complete me. I love food. I love the All Blacks. Sometimes. Uh, We love love. We love talking about love. However, it's a very different love to the one that John is talking about here in 2 John. And we're going to take a minute just to figure out what it is that he's saying, because it can be quite complicated. The world's love is pretty often, accept me for who I am, love who I am, love what I do, love every part of me, don't disagree with any part of me. It's nearly all to do with words, largely. What we do or what we don't say Very, very different from the love that John is talking about here. Verse 6, this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. John is saying that we need to walk in love. That means everything we do needs to be in love. Not just our words not just our actions, everything that we do to walk in love. And as we saw before, John knows that the only way we as Christians can know how to love as God intended is to look to his word for guidance, look to his commands. That is love. In the Gospel of John, that the same John wrote, uh, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is what we have been commanded to do. Love one another as Christ loved us. Christ who washed the feet of sinners, who ate with tax collectors, those seen as the lowest of the low. Christ who never asked, are they worth loving? But who said as they nailed him to a cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. 
Christ has commanded us to love like he loved. We need to know God's word to be able to love. We need to know, we only know how to love by looking to the truth, by holding to that truth. That's what John's saying. Uh, We look to God's word to see how Christ loved us, then we can begin to love as he's commanded us to love. Because when we do, uh, when we do look to Christ, we can so much more easily say no to the supposed love of the world. Uh, Saying no when the world might press us to encourage someone. Rebuking a brother or sister instead of praising every one of their actions. Serving people around us instead of seeking to first love ourselves. To do this, we need to remind ourselves of the truth. In everything we do, how we speak, what we say, how we act, are we living in love? We here at St. Stephen's need to continue to walk in love with one another. Uh, Do you know how those around you in this building this morning are feeling? Things people are going through. Do we look around this room and see not just their people from church, but brothers and sisters in Christ? Uh, Do we know who is struggling? Do we know how we can be helping them? Do we take an interest? Do we talk to the person sitting on their own? Care connects, great. Love one another. The more we see how we have been loved by Christ, the more we read the truth, the more we will be equipped to love as Christ loved us. How can we serve? I don't just mean doing things up front. I mean cleaning up after the service. Pete was talking about it before. Getting a cup of tea for someone. Giving up our seat for someone who's struggling to find one. Christ washing the feet of sinners. Christ eating with the sick and the suffering. We will love well when we see the truth of how Christ loved us. I remember a friend a number of years ago. He literally ran around to my house to drop a handwritten letter and a Christian book in my letterbox because he knew I'd appreciate it at the time. Uh, We remember those things, don't we? Are we doing them for others? John says to us as a church, love one another, not to make us feel guilty. Uh, That's not at all what John is trying to do. He is encouraging us. He is encouraging us to love the Lord and to show that love to others. Uh, That is a great thing, to know the truth, to know the truth and to walk in the love that it teaches of us. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is the truth who loved us so much he gave his life for us. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When we look to him, we can remind ourselves daily of the truth of his love towards us. Our walk in love. Love truthfully, and secondly, listen truthfully. The warning that John has for churches, and it takes up the majority of the letter, For Christians in general, we need to be aware of those that preach false truths. That's what John is saying. Uh, My favourite book of all time is To Kill a Mockingbird. I think it's a great book. Uh, I think it has much to teach us about tolerance and love in the face of anger and resentment. And in the heat of the book, uh, 
the two children, Jem and Scout, are watching their dad defend a man in court who's been convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. And as their dad is producing this kind of great defence, it's a great chapter, Jem says to his younger sister, he says, Dad often says that one way to tell whether a witness was lying or telling the truth was to listen rather than to watch. And in this situation, in this command that John gives us, that is absolutely right. We need to listen to what people say. We need to be aware of the teaching of God's word so as to figure out whether a teacher is telling the truth or is twisting God's word. These are harsh words that John uses, but they are God's words, and so we need to heed them. Anyone who preaches a gospel that is not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is a deceiver. Those are harsh words. Uh, But I think when we think about them, what John is saying makes a lot of sense. He is saying, therefore, don't let those people, uh, those who might deceive you, come in and teach within your church. Uh, Don't encourage them in their teachings. Do not encourage them in their falsehoods because they're not teaching God. As a church, we should be wary of what we are taught. Uh, John's not saying don't be hospitable. Remember, he's writing to a church. It's not saying don't have anything to do with anyone who thinks differently from you. Jesus did that more than any of us. No, John is saying, do not let deceivers teach in your churches. That's what he's saying. Do not welcome them into your house. Remember, it's to a church. Our house, that is our church. And allow them to teach. That's John's uh, challenge here. And I think that we could look anywhere in the world to see churches that have slipped away, uh, who have run ahead, and not continued in faithful teaching, as John says in verse 9, who have strayed so far from Christ, allowed so many worldly teachings to slip in, that they would no longer recognise who they used to be. I don't think I need to be any more specific than that. But that begins when we forget what is true. We cannot allow that to happen as Christians. The matter of Christian truth is a matter of life and death, of a relationship between us and our Creator. And so I say again, brothers and sisters, Jesus is the truth. Are we preaching Christ as Lord? That is what we should be concerned with. We cannot bend that truth. Uh, We should instead be letting that truth, letting Christ, bend and shape us. And so again... Here at St. Stephen's, are we we reading and preaching the word that is the truth? And are we reading and preaching that truth faithfully? I think the answer is resoundingly yes. Uh, We're very blessed here at St. Stephen's to be under faithful Bible teaching. However, we mustn't get complacent. Are you, through the week, personally reading God's word? Are you regularly testing what you hear taught here against what you see before you in the Bible? Uh, Bring a Bible to church. I think it's the huge downside of having the reading on the screen. Uh, There's something so good about being able to flick through your Bible along with everyone else. 
read the words, check passages, check that what you're hearing from the front is what the word in front of you is proclaiming. That's a great thing. Uh, There's that awesome passage in Acts where Paul, the Apostle Paul, goes to preach to the Berean church and he says that after every time Paul spoke, the Bereans went away and they examined the scriptures to make sure that what he said was true. They did that of the Apostle Paul. Uh, Do we have that same attitude? Uh, That same drive to make absolutely sure that God's truth is being preached. I encourage you this afternoon, go home and read 2 John. Make sure that what I'm saying is true. I'm sure that many of us could probably go home and tell one another what the preacher was wearing at a service he went to, uh, what hand gestures they made, whether they needed a haircut or not. Uh, We need to be able to go home and see for ourselves whether or not the truth of the Bible was preached. That's the most important thing. Examine God's word for yourself. Uh, It is too important not to know. There you go. Uh, Truthfully love and truthfully listen. That's 2 John. Uh, It is a very challenging letter. It isn't one, like I said before, that's written just to make us feel guilty. Uh, No, it is meant to point us all the more to Christ. Jesus Christ is the truth. Jesus Christ is the one who commands us to love and who is the greatest example of love that this world will ever know. Christ as Lord is what we need to be preaching. That is the truth that will change lives and open hearts. How privileged are we as Christians to have this hope and this truth? In a world where a man may be howled down for maddening a mob with the news that grass is green, we have been blessed with an absolute truth. I pray that that is a truth that we can say with complete certainty because as we learn, as we grow as Christians, as we remind ourselves daily of this truth, we will be more thoroughly equipped to love one another, more thoroughly equipped to listen thoughtfully to those who teach it and more thoroughly equipped to go out and tell others of the incredible freedom that we have in Christ. Truth is not a dirty word for us as Christians. Truth to us is the saving grace that has been shown to us by the God that created us, and that is wonderful news. I pray that we would live in light of that truth. Amen.